really pay close attention because God is speaking to His church today. This is not a sermon. This is not a lesson. This is a word from God. Are y'all with me? Romans chapter number 12. I tell you what, I tell you what, go to the verse right before that. I I did this earlier and I I skipped it. Uh, The last verse of chapter number 11. The last verse of chapter number 11. Uh, This really sets the tone and, and, and really helps you understand why he can ask what he asks in verse number 1. For of him and through him and to him are how many things? Are all things. Just talking about God. Through Him, about Him, everything is through God. Are y'all with me? How many of y'all know you got your air from Him? Your health, your life from Him. Now, before we go any further, did, did we have any first time attenders this morning? Did we have any that filled out one of those prayer request cards? We want to collect them. We want to go ahead and take right here down on the front, Charlie. Just, just, just run down here, mosey on down. I like how Charlie moseys, don't y'all? Amen. Amen. Did we have any more? Did we have? Is that, hey, let's give our first-timers a hand. Amen. Let's give them a hand for being with us here today. All right? All right. Now let's continue reading in chapter number 12 and verse number 1. If you found your place, say amen. amen. Because he is all things and we have all things through him, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice Holy, say that word with me, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Everybody say amen. Amen. Father, thank you for your word and and the time we, we have today to share your word. I pray today that your mercy will be felt. I pray today that your love will be felt. I pray today that, Lord, everything we do today will be according to your will. And, Lord, we'll praise your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. About six weeks ago, the Lord really began to speak to my heart and, and, and share with me some things that, that he sees in our church and, and, and that, that I'm, I'm seeing in our church and, and what he wants us to accomplish this year. This, this verse, uh, be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, for the last two years, for the last two years, we have really been working very diligently. We've been working very hard to build a crowd. We've been encouraging. We've been teaching. We've been preaching. We have got to win the loss. How many of y'all know I'm telling the truth? It says, by all means, save some. Paul said, we've got to go and reach this world. We've got to reach them before it's too late. And we've been reaching our families. We've been reaching our friends. We've been reaching our coworkers. And our crowd has gotten larger and larger and larger. We have gone from one service to four services on a Sunday to to, to handle the crowd that we have. And and, and God has just blessed incredibly beyond my wildest imagination, beyond my wildest dreams. God has done incredible things. And we've been seeing tons of people say God's been doing great things and this is this is what God is speaking to my heart that I want to convey to you I want to I just want to transfer what God is sharing with me he said son you've got a crowd now it's time to develop a church you've 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 reached a crowd you've gathered a crowd in now it's time to develop 
a church. You need to focus in, listen, focus on developing the people that you have into the body of Christ that they need to be. Now, this is no different than what Jesus did. Jesus went and chose a bunch of ragtag old boys that had problems. Say amen. Peter had problems with anger. Peter had problems. Listen, they didn't like kids. I mean, they, did, they just had issues. They fought amongst each other, was always squabbling about who was going to be the greatest. And listen, the, the, the world classified these guys as ignorant and unlearned men. But do you realize when Jesus got through with them, he gathered the crowd together, developed them into a church, and according to the Word of God, they turned the world upside down. And that's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. Yes, we have a crowd. This is a diversified crowd. Amen. There's no telling what you're going to see when you come to Temple Baptist Church. You don't know if they come from the White House or the Waffle House. Say amen. I mean, we've got all different kinds of people, and that's great, and that's what it's supposed to be because this world is made up of all kinds of different people. That means we're reaching them everywhere and everything, and you never know what you're going to see. I need a witness. But it can't. Stay that way. God did not save you to stay in the state that you're in. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Put on the new man. Now here's the deal. Here's the deal. This is what Jesus is speaking to my heart. He is saying this. He's saying this is the year of transformation. We're going to focus and really work diligently and work very hard in transforming our crowd into a church. Now, here's the issue. Where, where you are at church, we go to church. Now, here's the deal. Now, let me explain it. In our crowd, in, 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 in most, most crowds, especially our crowd, you have, you have different kinds of folks. You have different kinds of folks. Now, here's, here's in our crowd, we have curious seekers. Curious seekers. Say that word with me curious seekers. They're just here because they want to see what's going on. They want to see why all these cars are parked out here. They want to see why when we drive by, all these people are showing up on a Sunday. What is going on in here? And there are some people that are struggling. They've, they've tried everything the devil has to offer. They've tried everything out in this world and it's given them no hope, no peace, no satisfaction, and they're just curious. I wonder if God can do something about my problem. We've got curious seekers. They're not saved. They don't know Jesus as their personal Savior. They're just here because they're curious. They're seeking. They're trying to find something. But then we have another crowd, and they are the casual saints. They're the casual saints. They used to be curious seekers, but now they're casual saints. They're saved, but that's about all. You say, well, I thought that was all. Are you kidding no, 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 no. There's so much more to, to, the, to the life that God wants you to live. There's so much more to salvation. The Bible says we're to work out our salvation, not work for our salvation, but work out our salvation. Getting saved is not the end of the line. That's where you start. That's where we start. But there's so many people that are just casual. They're just here. They're just proud to be saved, and that's about as far and as committed as they're going to be. Now, don't, let me, don't get me wrong. I appreciate that. And I'm proud for that. But I don't want you to stay there. You cannot stay there because the job can't get done staying there. Are y'all with me? But then we have a a group of people that are committed soldiers. Say amen. Committed 
soldiers. They're not curious seekers. They used to be, but they found a man who can. Amen. They found a man who can walk on water and heal the blinded eyes. And listen, they moved into that category of casual saints, but something got a hold of them, and they realized that there's more to this Christian life. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I came that you might have life. I mean real life. I come that you can have joy and peace, joy unspeakable and full of glory. And they said, I want that kind of life. I don't want a casual life. I don't want a so-so life. I don't want an average life. I don't want a, a, a just enough life. I don't want, I shall not want. I want a cup that's running over. I want to be a committed soldier for Jesus Christ. I need a witness. That's where we've got to get. We've got to change and turn the curious seeker into, we'll just skip this one, into a committed soldier. Why? Jesus said, that's what it's going to take to get the job done. Jesus knows we're not going to change the world with casual Christians. We know we're not going to change this community with casual Christians. We're not going to reach our families with casual Christians. We're not going to, we're not going to reach Haiti with casual Christians. We're not, there's never been a casual Christian give anything. Casual Christians don't tithe. Casual Christians don't go on missions trips. Casual Christians don't, listen, sacrifice so somebody else can hear the Word of God. And that won't get the job done. Jesus said this, unless a man hate his father, his mother, sister, and brother, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. What does he mean? He's not saying we're to hate people because we, we're to love everybody. That's a hyperbole. Jesus is using that for emphasis, saying your love for me, your commitment to me, your love for me must be so great everything else seems like hate. And he said, unless you can do that, you cannot be my disciple. He even says this, unless a man deny himself, take up his cross and follow me, he cannot be my disciple. Why would he say that? Why would he say we have to be sold out to him? Why did, we, why did he say we had to be totally committed to him? Because he said this, what man of you would stop and build a tower and not sit down first and count the cost? Lest, lest, lest that he get started and he can't finish. Or what, if, what man of you would go to war and not sit down and see if you could get the job done? If you could conquer and if you can't, go out and try to make peace. How many of y'all would do that? He said, you've got to count the cost first. He's not telling you to count the cost. He's saying, I've already counted the cost. And what it's going to take to do the job, what it's going to take to win the battle, what it's going to take to build the church is committed, sold-out soldiers. Amen. That's what God's asking for. Listen, we've got casual saints. We've got curious seekers. But it's going to take committed soldiers to get the job done. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I know when, when, when commitment is required and commitment is requested, that thins the herd. It thins the herd. Jesus gathered a huge crowd. And then he laid out the stipulations of discipleship, and they begin to leave. He turns to his disciples and said, you, you, you going to leave too? Where are we going to go? You know why? You have the words of life. You have what I've been looking for all this time. Now here's the deal. I need you all to hang with me because it's going to get tight. I'm just going to tell you, you're going to hear things you don't want to hear. You're going to hear things you don't like because when we're comfortable, we don't want people to ruffle our feathers, do we? We don't want to get out of our comfort zone. The other day, the other day I was sitting on the couch and enjoying a, a ball game. Say amen. Getting ready. 
All right. Had, had, had everything a man could want. I had chocolate. I had popcorn. Had everything. I mean, you know when you get into that zone of relaxation? Are y'all with me? And my daughter comes and says, All right, Daddy, we need to run. I had tricked her. I hid my tennis shoes in my truck. I said, baby, I, must have, I was at the coon club. This, I must have left my tennis shoes at the coon club. I, I, we just had to run later. She disappeared. I thought I had won. I, she shows up. Oh, Daddy, I found them. You forgot them in the truck. I was happy where I was. Are y'all with me? Now, here's the deal. Some of y'all are happy being a casual saint. But that dog ain't going to hunt. There's people going to hell every day. Every day. And Jesus said this. Jesus said this. He said, somebody that is lukewarm, they're not cold, but they're not hot. They make me sick. It causes nausea. It causes nausea. Now, here's the deal. We need, we need committed soldiers. We, we, we've got, people, we got too many people that's, that's, that's walking the fence. they got one foot in the church and one foot in the world trying to play both sides. That ain't going to work. How many of y'all know Coleman needs God desperately? How many of y'all know our country needs God desperately? I'll tell you the reason our country's going to hell in a handbasket. There's too many casual saints. And what's the deal? What, where, 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 where do these verses come from? What are you, are you going to even get to these verses? Yeah. Three things we see in these two verses. Three things. And we're going to go backwards. First, we see, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, so you present your bodies a living sacrifice. So, so this is the first one. There's got to be a surrender, a presentation, a, a surrender to God. But then it says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's, that's the second part. That's a, that's a process that we must go through to get somewhere. And that's over here. That ye, may, that ye may prove or discern or try or accomplish, that ye may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Now, this is, this is where we're at, folks. This is where we're at. Now, stay with me. Some of y'all stay way too late last night. Uh, 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 perk it up. Pinch yourself or do whatever you got to do. Help me now. It is my job to get you to the will of God. It is my desire. It is my prayer. It is going to be every effort that I make this year is to help you get to the will of God in your life. It should be the desire of every born-again child of God to be in the will of God. Everything in those two verses lead to a destination. And that's point number one. If you're writing notes, this is it. This is the destination we must all reach. That is the perfect will of God for our life. No matter what it might be. And I'm not just saying, I'm not just saying in, in what particular service, whether it's singing up on the platform or teaching in a Sunday school class or preaching behind the pulpit. I'm talking about your life. Being in the will of God for your life. 
Live in the will of God for your life. Live in as a Christian should live. Live in with a godly lifestyle in the will of God. Listen, that is where we belong. Why? Why? Why is this, why is this a destination we must reach? Because it is man's obligation. Say that with me. It is man's We have an obligation to be in the perfect will of God. Why? He made us. He created us. He forms you out of the dust of the ground and breathe into your nostrils the breath of life and you became a living soul. He is our creator. He is the potter. We are the clay. He is the shepherd. We are the sheep. We are the people of his pasture. We are obligated to the master. Are y'all with me? He owns the, listen, the air that we breathe. He keeps your lungs pumping. He keeps your heart pumping. He makes sure you have what you need. We are obligated to do his will. It's man's obligation. Not only is it man's obligation, it's man's opportunity. This is the best one. I, I know obligation don't always do nothing for us. I mean, you know, oh, you got anything better than that? Yeah. That's the world we live in today. We don't respect God at all, do we? I'm going, I'm going to teach and preach on the fear of God because most of us don't have it. The fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. We've got to get back to the fear of God. But see, if that's not enough for us, the Bible says this. The will of God is an opportunity. Hebrews 10, 36. For ye have need of patience. Yes. Ye have need of patience. That after, now watch. After ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the... What does that mean? The will of God is always connected to his promise. God has always been an if-then God. If you do this, then I will do this. He's always been an if-then God because an if-then God is one who gives you a right to choose because he loves you so much. He gives you the right to choose. He gives you the liberty and the freedom to have free choice. And if you will choose him, he will choose you. If you will draw nigh to him, he will draw nigh to you. If you will obey him, he will abundantly pour his blessings upon you. I need a witness. In the middle of the will of God is where you're going to find provision. Listen, Elijah, he said, if you'll go to the brook, everything will be all right. And the Bible said he fed him there. There was a famine. There were people starving to death. But guess what? Elijah was in the middle of God's will. He was getting say amen. He was getting fed every single day by a raven because he was in the middle of God's will while everybody else is starving to death. What are you saying? I don't care what the economy is doing. I don't care what the state house is doing. And I don't care what the White House is doing. If you are in the middle of God's will, God will make sure that you are taken care of. Because in the will of God, there is provision. In the will of God, there is protection. God will listen. Let 10,000 flee before your feet. Because in the will of God, God will take care of you. I'm telling you what, David was safer going down into that valley with that big old giant than them men hiding back in them caves because he was in the middle of the will of God. Listen, there is opportunity in the will of God. There Man, if you could just understand, if you will find the will of God for your life, get in the will of God for your life, man, you'll be happier than you've ever been in your life. That is, you see, 
How many of y'all got kids? Got kids, right? How many of y'all like them? Depends on if they're teenagers or not, amen? They just, there's a certain, I'm just kidding. Now, be honest, be honest. If they had a desire and a wish, and there was any way possible that you could make it happen, you could afford it or you could do it, and it, was, it wasn't dangerous, to, how many of y'all know you'd try to make that happen? Be honest. I'm, I, we are. We, we just, why? Because we love them kids. We want to see them happy. We want to see them smile. It, man, it, that, there's nothing that does more for us than when we see our kid with what they desire or in their happiness. Now, you, you say, Jesus said, pray like this, y'all. Lord, teach us to pray. He said, okay, this is how you pray. Our Father. In your prayers, he wants you to look at him as a father because he is. Now, let me ask you a question. He's a father that's been in, the, in, in your tomorrow. He's Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He, he, he's already been out there, so he knows what's out there for your life. And he's got something planned for you. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it. Did you catch that? In other words, it's already written down in heaven. You, you get this? It's already written down in heaven. God has got a desire. God has got a plan. God has got an outline for your life. Say, but I, he, don't, he don't know what makes me happy. Are you serious? He knows every hair on your head. And he... And you're telling me he, you don't think he knows what will make you happy? Are you sitting there, and really, in your mind, you're thinking that he doesn't know what it's going to take for you to have real fulfillment and experience real joy and be able to lay your head on your pillow and have real peace at night? Are you serious? See, what's happening is we're standing here with the road map of our life out in front of us, and God is saying, man, I've got great plans for you. I know my plans for you. Isn't that what the Bible says? I know my plans for you. I want to prosper you. I want to bless you. I've got a great plan for your life. Let's go. And the devil's saying, no, he don't. Let's take this shortcut right here. Let's take this shortcut. Let's go this route. And, and, this, and here we are, fighting, trying to desire with our will and his will. Let me tell you something. There'll be a temporary, there'll be a temporary joy and, 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 and pleasure in your will, but when it's through, you're done. The Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season, but when it's done, it brings death. You say, but, but I've, I've seen people in the will of God, and it'd be a dark place. You know, sometimes the will of God will take you to a dark place. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. That means I'm going to have just enough. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I got just enough. But if you keep reading it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the... That sounds scary, don't it? That sounds like a, that sounds like a dark place. That sounds like a, a, a difficult place. That, you know, and the will of God took him through there. But thank God, he said, I'll fear no evil, for thou art... You're going to be with me, thank God. 
Now, why in the world? You said he knows every hair on our head. You said, you said that he knows what to make us happy. You said he wants a happy life for us. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He said, you're at a place where thou shalt not want. You have a place of just enough, but I've got to take you through the valley of the shadow of death because on the other side, my cup runneth over. And you see, the will of God is for your cup to run over. The will of God is for you to have more than enough. But the devil's tricked you into wanting to stay in a place where you're just barely surviving. You're just barely making it by. You're just a casual saint that don't want to commit, that don't want to surrender, that don't want to get involved. But God wants you over here where your cup is running over. I need some help this morning. But in order to get there, sometimes we've got to go through a dark place. See, the devil won't tell you about the cup that's running over. He'll always remind you about the dark place. But don't worry about the dark place because God will always walk through it with you. Hallelujah. We need some committed saints that will arrive at a destination. And, that is, and, and trust me, next Sunday, that's all I'm preaching on right there, the will of God. All the message is going to be about the will of God how important it is and how to get there and what it's all about, what, what it'll do for you. That is a destination we want to reach this year. How are we going to get there? And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Ladies and gentlemen, you'll never reach the will of God in your life till you transform your mind. You know them people I said that's got one foot in the world and one foot in the church? I want what God has for me, but I don't want to let go of the world. You'll never reach the will of God for your life. You'll never find true satisfaction. You'll never try. You'll never find true fulfillment. You'll never have the abundant provision of God trying to hold on to the world and reach for God. Because you can't reach Him if you won't let go of the world. Be not conformed to the world, but be ye... Wow, this is a great deal. If we're going to reach the will of God, if we're going to reach the destination, the destination we must reach, there's got to be a development that we receive. The curious seeker, the casual saint, the, the committed soldier, they've got to come into a place of development, a place in this church where they learn. What about that development? We've got to transform them. You see, before Jesus got a hold of Peter, he was a cussing sailor. Before Jesus... Got a hold of Peter, he was arrogant, he was full of himself. But when Jesus was through with him, he transformed him into a man of God who preached on the day of Pentecost and saw thousands saved. There's got to be two things that happen in this development. First, there's got to be an influence that's removed. Say that with me. There's got to be an influence, say it with me, there's got to be an influence that's See, there's people in here that's full of the world. Right now, in this building, right now, there's people in here that's full of the world. You know why? Because that's where we found them. You see, God took Israel out of Egypt, and it took him 40 years to get Egypt out of them. So that's, it's all good. Don't, don't get upset if somebody's not dressed right in here. They're not transformed yet. Don't get upset if somebody don't talk right. Don't, don't get upset if, 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 if somebody smells like they've been in a bar last night. They probably have. That's okay. 
That's okay because they're not where you are and you're not where you think you are. We're all at different places. We're all in the, in the need of being transformed. Now, here's the deal. We've got to get the world out of us, don't we? You can't fill up with God till you get rid of the world. Amen? Conformed. You know what the word conform means? It means to press into a mold. Press into a mold. In other words, in other words form, uh, Brother Dave, form by pressure. Now, is this world not putting the pressure on the, on the Christian today? Look at our young people. Look at our young people. Look how the world is trying to form them into a mold. They're trying to make them think that shacking up is okay. I mean, living outside of wedlock, sex outside of marriage is not the will of God. It literally says that. It is not the will of God for you to fornicate. That means sex outside of marriage. Adultery is, is sex with somebody else besides your wife. That's not right neither. But see, this world is forming people. They're just pressurizing, and every TV show is trying to make you think it's okay, trying to make you think homosexuality is okay. Forming pressure. Why'd y'all get quiet all of a sudden? Some of us need to learn to turn the TV off because it's pressurizing you, and it's making you think, well, maybe it ain't all that bad. And then when you come and hear a preacher lay down the Word of God and say, this is what God's Word says, you wonder, hmm. And our kids are right in the middle of this being pressurized, forming, pushing, trying to mold you into their way of thinking, trying to mold you into their way of acting, trying to mold you into their way of dressing. I believe there's a Christian way to dress. I don't believe if it's, for, if it's not for sale, you don't need to advertise it. Amen? I believe there's just a right way to do things. Amen? Now, now but here's where we've messed up. Here where we messed up in the independent fundamental Baptist church today is we've tried to use the world's way of doing things. God's way is transformation. The world's way is confirmation. Outward pressure. Transformation. Transformation. I'm going somewhere. Don't get excited now. The word transformation right here, be ye transformed, it's the Greek word metamorphosis. Where we get our word, met, or metamorphio, where we get our word metamorphosis, which means a change from the inside out. You know, there's got to be an influence that's removed, but there's got to be an infusion that's received. We, we can't change people from the outside. We've got to change people from the inside. God's way has always been about the inside, but, but man's way, the independent fundamental Baptist way, is to make you have a hemline and a hairline. If you do that, you're right with God. That's an outward pressure. It's not being taught on the inside. It's not being shared on the inside. The Word of God is not being infused from the inside out. Listen, a, 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 a butterfly wasn't always a butterfly. It used to be an ugly caterpillar. Some of y'all are caterpillars. But there's a butterfly in you, and we're going to get it out. Amen. Here's what some of y'all are thinking. I know it. I'm psychic. You're thinking, I'd like to be one of the committed soldiers. I just don't have it in me. Yeah, you do. But see, you've conformed to the world's way of thinking. You've conformed to the world's way of thinking. You don't think you, oh, I could never be that committed. Well, I could never be a prayer warrior like that. I could never be that committed. I could never serve. I could never do that. I could, I could, I, man, are you kidding me? Every butterfly that ever flew said, "Woo."
you like me now? Now, I'm, I'm sorry. It's in them. It's in you. Yeah, it was a Waffle House where I heard that. Amen. I was witnessing, soul winning. Come to the house of God. Amen. Now that I'm on my, okay, all right. You see, we got so many people who see that over there and the devil's telling them, you'll never be able to pray like that. You'll never be able to serve like that. You'll never have what them people are having. And that's a lie. Because in every child of God, there is a committed soldier that's just waiting to get out. And the problem is not that he's not in there. The problem is they've conformed to the world's way of thinking and the devil's lied to you and tricked you. But we need to transform our mind. Let this mind be in you, which was also in... How are we going to transform our mind? We're going to become students of the Word of God. Listen, we're going to get so much Bible this year. I want you to start bringing your Bible to every service. Bring a pencil and a paper to every service. We're going to study and we're going to infuse. We're going to inject the Word of God down deep into us so that we'll be transformed. I don't want you to act right or talk right or dress right because I'm making you. I want it to be an inward change because what will happen if you conform to my image... The next preacher that comes along, you'll conform to his image. And we don't need to conform to my image or his image. We need to conform to his image. And that happens from the inside. Say amen. Listen, there's a destination we must reach. There's a destination we must reach. That's the will of God. How many of y'all know we all need to be in the will of God? We all need to be in the will of God. Then there's a development we must receive. The only way to get in the will of God is to transform our minds. To think like he thinks. Be not conformed. We've got to get rid of the world's influence on our life. That's not going to be easy, guys. Y'all going y'all gonna to howl. So when we start cutting on people, not literally, spiritually. <laughs> spiritually, it, 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 don't, it, don't, it don't feel good. Amen? I've been there. I know. But in order to get to the will of God, we, we must be transformed. But here's the deal. Let's sew it up right here. But this won't work. This right here will never happen. This will never happen unless this happens. We'll never reach our destination unless we are developed into what God wants us to be. But this will never happen without first a decision being rendered. A decision being rendered. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, that you present your bodies. That presentation, you see that? That presentation, you present your body as a living sacrifice. God don't want you to die for him. God wants you to live for him. A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now watch this. In, in, in the Old Testament, God required the people to bring a sacrifice. In, in, in Malachi, or excuse me, Leviticus chapter 1, verse 3, it says, If his offering be a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it of his own. He shall offer it of his own. At the door of the tabernacle, the congregation before the Lord. Have you ever heard the phrase, you can bring a horse to water? We can plan all the classes there is to plan. I can preach all the sermons there are to preach. I can teach all the lessons there are to, to learn. But unless you want to be in the will of God, I'm wasting my time. 
there's got to be a willing presentation. Say that with me. A. Are you willing today? Are you tired of doing it your way? It's amazing to me how many people come to my office for counseling and the first thing they do is tell me everything they've been doing. And you know what I say? This is what I say. How's that working for you? It must not be working or you wouldn't be here. I got to ask you this question. How was 2011 for you? Some of you, some of you have been trying to rule it yourself. Some of you, uh, you know, that song, Jesus Take the Wheel, you ain't let go of it yet. Let me tell you something. If you want 2012 to be different than 2011, you're going to have to do something different in 2012 than you did in 2011. And I can't think of a better day to do it than on day number one. What I need you to do, I need you to present your life to him. Surrender willingly. But not only there needs to be a willing presentation, there needs to be a worthy presentation. Preacher, what are you saying? Do you realize in Malachi, Jesus spoke to the, the, the Israelites, God spoke to the Israelites, and he wasn't real happy with them? Because, see, they were bringing tor sacrifices, lame sacrifices, sick sacrifices, blind sacrifices. Basically, they were bringing leftovers to God. And God said this. God said this. Behold, you said, what weariness is it? And ye snuffed at it, saith the Lord of hosts. Ye brought that which was torn and lame and sick. Thus ye brought an offering. Should I accept this at your hand, saith the Lord? But cursed be the deceiver which hath in his flock a male and voweth and sacrificeth unto the Lord a corrupt thing. For I am a great king, saith the Lord of hosts. Basically he's saying this, how dare you bring your leftovers to me? Now here's what God is asking for today and the rest of this year. You not only need to bring a willing sacrifice, you need to bring a worthy sacrifice. God does not want your leftovers God wants the priority in your life. God wants the best of your time, the best of your talent, the best of your treasure. God deserves it. He is a great king. What are you going to offer today? What are you going to present to him? What are you going to give him this year? Are you going to give him your best? Are you going to give him your best effort? Are you going to give him your best time? Are you going to give him everything you've got? Are you going to sell out and say, God, I am willingly laying my life on the altar of sacrifice today. I want your will to be done in my life. Or are you going to stay a curious seeker? Are you going to stay a casual saint and live the same life you lived in 12 that you did 11? God, help us. It ain't going to get the job done. We need some committed soldiers who are willing to lay it on the line to see God's kingdom go forward. And all God's people say, every head bowed and every eye closed.